Hello and welcome to another inter-series episode here. We are currently watching and uh, then recording and editing the episodes that will become Series 2 very shortly. But in the meantime, here's a little something to tide you over. This is once again from my YouTube series called Forgotten Sitcoms, which can be found on our YouTube channel, British Sitcom History. This one is about the Whackers. Now, we came across the Whackers when we did our episode on bread back in the first series because it's... uh, sitcom set around a Liverpool family. I guess that's all you need to make a connection. A lot of people do connect bread to the Whackers, which predates it by about 10 years, and I discuss in this episode whether that's really uh, relevant or not. So anyway, this was originally made as a video, it should work pretty well as an audio, but if you'd like to see it with all the video clips and things put in, then do go to the YouTube channel and watch it, and I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to Forgotten Sitcoms. Today I'm going to be looking at The Whackers, a TV series made in 1975 by Thames Television, strangely, despite it being set in Liverpool, and it was written and created by Vince Powell. So The Whackers follows the Clarkson family. Now they, I think, are supposed to be a typical working class Liverpudlian family. The show starts with the father, Billy, coming out of prison after doing two years for a bit of petty larceny. And it's his reintroduction to the family that causes disruption, and uh, hence the hilarity ensues. The first episode is all about him coming back. The mother has lied to the rest of the family, saying he's been away on on a job, and uh, he's not prepared to lie to them. And it turns out, oh, they knew all along. Oh, they read it in the paper, and they've just been letting her lie to them for two years to make her feel better. So that's your setup, uh, and um, not a bad kind of little plot for a first episode to to reintroduce all the characters to each other. But um, it, it doesn't really develop much further than that. Now, the series was written by Vince Powell. Uh, Vince Powell, he's churned out a lot of stuff in his time. Not many of his shows have aged well, and let's just say he's not afraid to use basic archetypal characters and some pretty simple plot setups as well. The Whackers actually was his first creation alone after the death of his writing partner, Harry Driver. Uh, they'd written together for years, you know, on, on Never Mind the Quality, Feel the Width, Bless This House, lots of things. And Vince Powell had continued writing on those things on his own, but this was his first new creation as a sole writer. So The Whackers really has three themes, sex, football, religion, but not necessarily in that order. Billy and Mary, the parents of the family, they are in a mixed marriage. That means she's Catholic, he's Protestant, but also she's an Everton fan and he's an ardent Liverpool supporter. They do that joke at least four times every episode, so I hope you like it. I told you when you married him, mixed marriages never work out. Oh, look, don't start all that again, just because he's a Protestant. I'm not joking about him being a proddy. I'm talking about him being a bloody Liverpool supporter. (laughs) Um, Billy's love of football is often used as a plot driver. But with most things in in this show, it just doesn't feel real. It feels like it's been written by someone who doesn't understand football beyond, oh, fan rivalry, right? The guys on that team, they don't like the guys on that team. So that's all you get. 
it's really it's just an anchoring position for him to have arguments with the Evertonian landlord of the pub. So much affection in football these days. How do you mean? Well, they're always hugging and squeezing one another, particularly that lot of Goodison. What are you on about? Everton, they're a load of puffs. Hey, what's your bloody language? You'll have your bad for saying things like that. Well, they are that lot of Goodison. They go around kissing each other before they score a goal. <laughs> I know. It was in front of the magistrate for GBH. And he got the choice of six months or a season ticket at Liverpool. Yeah. At least the bloody English not like you, Toffy Nose Lot. Everton's English? Yeah, the way the Pope's eleven. And not all that potters are good, isn't most the pity. Yeah, well, there you are. You see, it's not a football club, it's more like a religious order. And if I had my way, I wouldn't let anybody play for Everton who wasn't a Catholic. No, and I wouldn't let a left footer play for the pool. <laughs> that's as deep as it gets. And that's really typical of the series as a whole. It it feels like an outsider looking in. There's no real truth there's no sense of reality coming from anything it's for example there's a lot of slang there's a lot of dialectical terms being thrown around but that feels like someone's looked them up in a dictionary and then implanted them into a script it it never really feels natural but actually ken jones and sheila fay who play the 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 couple here that's sort of the basic the leads they're both from liverpool and in fact they were actually a married couple. They'd been married for 10 years by this point. So why does this come across so insincerely? Why does it feel so fake? Surely some truth would come from that. But no, uh, it doesn't. Don't want you to put them in the club again. Hey, You heard. I'm getting too old for changing nappies and two o'clock feeds. Oh, well, if that's all you've worried about, I can always get off of that, Jill. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that one before. The last time you promised to get off at Ed Jill, you went straight through to Lime Street. <laughs> and I've heard a debt arrived on the next train. And, uh, of course, another classic 70s sitcom ingredient is sex. Uh, usually lack of it. Uh, sexual frustration is hilarious. And Billy, of course, he's just spent two years in prison. So he's gagging for it. The daughter, Bernadette is a young woman, but she's also a good Catholic, so she's denying it. Youngest son, Raymond, he's just discovering it. And the eldest son, Tony, he oh, he's too intellectual to even care about it, unless we need it for the plot, in which case he will get quite randy. I told him that girl, they slept together in the parlour. Hmm? Lucky bugger. <laughs> well, that's a very nice attitude. I told he's committed a mortal sin. Yeah. I bet he enjoyed it, no? And... One thing to credit the Whackers with is it's it's really frank and uh, candid approach to the subject of sex. Uh, the parents talk quite openly about it, even with their children. They have a very pragmatic approach that's probably born of experience. You know, it's it's not a question of morality as such. Mary's a Catholic, so sex means pregnancy. And, and that is a, a practical problem in their lives. And uh, it's something they worry for their daughter, of course. You won't shout at me, will you? No, of course we won't. Oh, you will, I know you will. We won't. Catholic's honour. Catholic's honour. Catholic's honour, you won't shout at me. Catholic's honour, I won't shout at you. I bloody will if you don't only up and tell us. <laughs> no, you won't. Now, come on, tell us all about us. Well, I think I'm a bit pregnant. <laughs> you bloody what? You shouted? I should bloody think so, too. <laughs> what do you mean, Bernard? It's a bit pregnant. You're either one way or the other. <laughs> well, I'm two weeks overdue. Oh my God! I'll kill that bloody garden. Don't 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 worry though. There there is still the opportunity to see some young chippy wandering around in a nighty, or or the older woman, the seductress, who, as we see here, seduces men by having a massive pair of bristles. Um, I believe they're called. 
And you know, even the granddad gets in on the action, uh, happily commenting on how much his granddaughter has grown up. Yes. Here's your tea, granddad. Oh, Jack. You're a lovely girl, Bernadette. Yeah, I know. I'm fantastic. <laughs> I bet all young lads don't have fancy, eh? Yeah, I definitely drive them all crazy. I'm the sex symbol of Scouseland. <laughs> hey, that'll do you. And you, stop staring at her. I can look at my own granddaughter, can't I? It was a different time. Uh, the granddad there is played by Joe Gladwin, whose growling Lancashire accent would seem like a ridiculous cartoon voice if it weren't for the same voice he did in everything he's ever done. It, it is, it's Joe Gladwin. That's what you get. And in fact, it was about this time, 1975, that he joined the sitcom retirement home of Last of the Summer Wine, playing the long-suffering husband of Nora Batty. Uh, but, you know, he had previously been a regular on Vince Powell's earlier show, Nearest and Dearest. On the other end of the spectrum, with the cast, the younger actors are also very notable in what they went on to do. Raymond is played by a young cheeky Keith Chegwin, who grew up to become an, an old cheeky Keith Chegwin. Alison Steadman plays Bernadette, slightly struggling to play several years younger than her actual age, uh, this being only a couple of years before Abigail's party made her a more recognisable face on television. Uh, but the character with the least presence uh, is certainly that of Tony, played by David Casey. Casey is the grandson of famous musical comedian Jimmy James, and the son of James Casey, a performer and writer himself, but also a notable producer at BBC Radio for many years, and he helped to establish numerous British comedy greats. So David Casey was one of the beneficiaries of his father's position. But David Casey, he struggles here with a character that is ill-defined, rarely gets the opportunity to be the funny one in a scene. They set him up as he's the one who's gone off to university and now he's an intellectual and he doesn't talk like a proper scouse, he talks all posh. And we never really get anything out of that. And we feel like there should be more of a clash between him and his father perhaps because they've got different views now, but, eh. Cheers, Father. I mean, Dad. Are you one of us? No, he isn't. It's just the way he talks. <laughs> I meant was he an Evertonian. No. I'm afraid all this football fanaticism leaves me rather cold. Yeah, I wish I'd learned to talk proper. You mean you want me to say, how are you jiddling there, Dad? Do you want to go for a bevy or what? Yeah, that's it. I can understand you now. Yeah, I couldn't keep it up. Hurts my throat. <laughs> Tony. It's a, it's a poor character that is ill-defined and, and just will throw anything we need onto that character. So, you know, I can't blame David Casey too much, but uh, there you go. His performing career putered out um, not long after. So as for the parents, who are the, the main focus of the show, we have Ken Jones, who was something of a peak of his career. The Whackers came along around the same time as the Squirrels. Uh, and then, of course, Porridge, in which he played Horrible Ives, his most uh, memorable role, I, I think. Sheila Fay has her fair share of credits as well, appearing in several episodes of The Liver Birds. Uh, she did make a guest appearance in Bread. Uh, she's a bit better known for her stage work overall in her career. Um, and she's certainly game here. She's gurning for the camera. She's playing a sort of twisted caricature of a world-weary housewife. She, And she really goes for it. And speaking of bread there, actually, um, we did an episode on bread on this uh, on the podcast that we do on this very channel. Uh, go and check that out. It's a big in-depth look at bread. Uh, and, and so the Whackers came up uh, as part of that. People often refer to the Whackers as a sort of proto-bread. You know, it's a working class Liverpoolian family dynamic. And, you know, it, it, it's a similar setup in that it's 
a working class Liverpoolian family. The granddad, the sort of obstreperous grandfather character, is very similar, but that's about it. Uh, the tone is completely different. The Whackers is totally gag-driven for a start. Bread was much more plot-driven. And and the, the, the tone of comedy is totally different, totally different. So, I don't know, really. It's nothing more than a, a passing resemblance. And, of course, Caroline does have connections to Vince Powell. She, she penned scripts for Bless This House. Uh, which was created by Powell and Driver. So she was she was probably aware of the Whackers, but it it just feels like two people coming from the same source rather than uh, any any real similarity. But you know, ultimately the Whackers really failed to take off. Seven episodes were produced, but they didn't even show them all. They showed six before they just canned it, and uh, it got a lot of bad press at the time. People just didn't take to it. Why is that? Well, for a start, it's not funny. It's just I mean, it's it's not. It's not funny enough, you know. It it relies on the same couple of gags over and over, and there's there's no sense of reality to anything. Like I said, it's it's not trying to be truth in comedy. It's it's just oh, here's an excuse to throw some gags around. It feels like there's a sense we're uh, we're not laughing with the family. We're laughing at them, and, and and so it never really loses this sense of oh look at those silly poor people with their silly little ways. And I think the idea of laughing at those different to us has been the bedrock of Vince Powell's career. It's not that he's writing something he doesn't understand. It's just that he completely lacks empathy for his characters. Uh, nobody, I don't know. I've been. Oh, that's nice. And I've pulled the chain. Good. They come off in me hand. <laughs> You're supposed to pull it, not swing on it. It's not my fault. It's rusty. Hey, hang on a minute, Grant. Bernadette, get the plastic cover for the chair. Yes, ma'am. Come on. <laughs> but does that mean it's not funny? I mean, what distinguishes this from, say, on the buses, which is quite similar in tone, and and the level of, of gags it's going for? But in On the Buses, we, we never lose sight of the fact that we're on Stan's side. We're his mate. We want him to succeed. And... You know, when he fails, we're like, oh, no, we knew he was going to fail. And, you know, he never gets the girl. And and when he gets the promotion, it, it all blows up in his face. But we're on his side. And, and, and you can relate to that because, you know, you've had your own problems like that. You never get that with the Whackers. Billy, who is probably the closest thing we actually have to a protagonist, he's not a particularly likable character. He's an alcoholic ex-con whose only real pleasure comes from getting into fights about football so he can displace his frustration about how unhappy he is in life. Do you know, if you set this up as a gritty kitchen sink drama, it might actually work really well. The, the setup is nice. A guy coming back out of prison and he has to reintegrate into his family. They've, they've learned to work without him. But it just never comes to anything. We never really get into the relationships between them, perhaps between him and Mary. But he never really deals with his kids much on an emotional level. It's just like, oh, so-and-so's doing this. I'm going to go and, and rattle a cage over here. And it just, you, we never get into any really good emotional stuff, which for any sitcom is when you really start to pull at the heartstrings is when we really care about the characters. There are some nice working class touches, you know, the, the, the front room only ever being used for best, the, the outside toilet. They're, they're, they're nice, but 
they actually both end up being used as central plot points rather than just a bit of background. And, and that, again, speaks to who is this for? Because if you're trying to find a, a typical working-class audience who are, are going to get some sense of familiarity for that, then are you going to attract those people? Because this is not a flattering portrayal of that life. The, the characters you put on here are quite unlikable. So are you saying to that audience, this is what we think of you? And as for an audience of outsiders looking in, yes, okay, they're going to laugh at these people, but then are they the demographic who are also going to pull back when you start this very frank sexual conversation? Are you trapped between two audiences here? And maybe that's why it just didn't land. And and ultimately, all that sex talk and stuff was enough to just get it cancelled. For all its faults, The Whackers does at least feel like it's trying to do something even if it's failing, you know, it, it is pushing those boundaries. It's, it's using language that you wouldn't normally hear. Not that much. It's not that daring. I don't know. It, it feels like it, it's, it's pushing some boundaries somewhere. But ultimately, if, if it's not funny, then nobody's going to care. But, you know, having said that, Mind Your Language, The Bottle Boys, these are the two shows that are can probably best remembered from uh, Vince Powell's soul years. Uh, neither of those are funny either, but uh, Mind Your Language ran for years and was very popular, it was quite a legacy. And and The Bottle Boys got two series as opposed to The Whackers one. So why are they better? Why are then? Well, they're not. I don't know. So why <laughs> did The Whackers fail more substantially than they did? It, it's trying to find an audience in the people that it's laughing at, and, and that's never going to work. Look, it's not funny. I'm fed up of being a toe rag. I get no consideration in this house at all. It's only a joke. There's no need to pick on me. No, there's no need to pick on her, Mary. You shut your mouth. Oh, I'm getting out before it gets violent. My mother was right about you, God rest her soul. You're no God, you never was, and you never will be. All right, Mary. I can explain. You don't have to explain anything. It's written all over your face. You get a bit of money and it goes straight into the nearest boozer. Yeah, well, it wasn't like that, honest. Oh, aye, what's that in your hand, then? Scotch bloody mist. Oh, yeah, well, uh, that that was for you. (laughs) Hmm. And I suppose you tasted it first to make sure it wasn't poisonous. Speaking of the Bottle Boys, actually, uh, now remember I said that the last episode of this series never aired. Um, It it didn't. Uh, It didn't come out until 2013 on DVD. And so that was obviously why Vince Powell felt comfortable taking the plot and reusing it pretty much word for word for an episode of Bottle Boys 10 years later. So I'll leave you with that. I'll give you a little handy side-by-side comparison of the two and come back next time for more Forgotten Sitcoms. Bye-bye. Now listen up, look, I've been supporting the Reds, man and boy, for over 20 years. I've seen every derby match. I mean, you're a reasonable man. You're a man of compassion and understanding. A man ready and willing to uh, turn a blind eye for the sake of humanity. <laughs> In short, you're a wonderful example of all that's best about the British Bobby. <laughs> As you so rightly say, sir, I am a reasonable man. And I appreciate that you are a loyal supporter. And in fact... You have supported Liverpool for the past 20 years. And in view of that, I'm sure they won't miss you for just one match. Now, up it! <laughs> no, 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 no. Look, officer, I've, uh, I've uh, been supporting Chelsea ever since I was a lad. Over 20 years. I've seen practically every game they've ever played. Now, you are a reasonable man. I'm sure turn a blind eye and let me take my place back in the queue 
so I can get a ticket. <laughs> well, as you say, sir, I am a reasonable man, and I appreciate that you're a very loyal supporter. So, in view of the fact that you've supported Chelsea over the last 20 years... Oh, thank you, officer. I'm sure they won't mind missing you for one match. Yeah, I can't... Hey, what are you talking about? Hey, wanna buy a ticket back? Five quid. Oh, no, thanks. I've got one. Well, buy one for a friend. Get lost. Can't stand people like you flogging tickets over the odds. That's criminal. It's a living. Say that. You haven't got a spare ticket, have you? No, no, I've only got this one. Do you want to sell it? You must be joking. Give you a ten quid for it. Nothing doing. I've been waiting two years to go to this match. I've gone through blood and sweat to get this ticket. I'm a loyal supporter and you, so you want me to give it up for, for ten quid? Never. All right, I'll make it fifty. Done. <laughs> Oh, thanks, now You're a real sport. <laughs> Here, lad, um, I've changed my mind. I'll have one. Here you are, Wack. You won't regret that. <laughs> what was all that about? Brains, Tony. I sold my ticket to one fella for 15 quid and bought back another one off another fella for a fiver. I'm ten, ten quid in the good. So I'll have another large whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> you see that fellow over there? Yeah? He's flogging his five quid tickets for ten pounds. You know, that's disgraceful. That sort of thing should be stamped out. Do you know, I think all tickets out should be sent to prison. Hey, you got any spare tickets? Sorry, mate. I'll Can pay over the odds. Listen, mate, I am a true blue. You think I'll give up my chance of seeing Chelsea just to make a couple of quid? Give you 20 quid. Done. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand you. After all the trouble you went through to get a ticket, I thought you wanted to see this match. I do, Joseph, I do, and I will. Watch and learn. Thank you very much. There we go, Joseph. One ticket, and on top of that, I have made ten quid profit, and on top of that, I don't have to sit next to you. <laughs> Go on, you Hey, what's up? It's jammed. No, it isn't. I've stopped it. Well, bloody unstop it! What's the trouble? Well, it's not me, it's everyone at me in. Have you seen his ticket? Yes, there's always somebody tries it on. Well, it's not a forgery, is it? Oh, no, sir, no, no. This is a genuine ticket, all right? Then why won't he let me in? It's last year's. <laughs> there we go. This is, this is Jack. No, it isn't. I've stopped it. Oh, well, uh, unstop it then, can you? You can't come in here with this ticket. Oh, why not? Is it the uh, wrong entrance? It's the wrong ticket, eh? It's last week. Oh, no, there must be some mistake, because they're... Hey! Oh, I thought you were a troublemaker. They don't understand how much the match. Don't worry, sir. You can watch it later tonight on television. Oh, thank God for that. At the station. Oh, no, you...